I'm not Norwegian, so I'm going to mispronounce these words. So forgive me if you are Norwegian, and you can tell me how this is pronounced later. The Svalbard Global Seed Vault. That's the first one that I'm going to mispronounce. It's located on the island of Spitsbergen, Norway. That's the second one that I'm going to mispronounce. And this global seed vault is designed to hold as many different types of seeds as possible. The seeds are stored in a vault that is underground. Spitsbergen is about 810 miles south of the North Pole, which I guess everything is south of the North Pole, so I guess you don't have to say that part anyway. The seeds there are stored in little foil pouches and they're kept at minus 0.4 degrees Fahrenheit. The idea is to prevent them from ever germinating or spoiling. Now, the reason for all of that is because of the fear that in some region of the world there might be some horrific catastrophe where all of the plant life is destroyed, and if that ever were to happen, they would have the seeds to restart those particular plants. To date, the facility stores over 930,000 kinds of seeds. Who knew there were so many different kinds of seeds? No wonder I have so many allergies. That's amazing. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus describes Three parables. We've looked at one so far, the parable of the sower, which focuses on the sower and the soil. The next two parables that are in Mark chapter 4 focus on the seed. We're going to look at those this morning because they both teach a tremendously significant truth about God's kingdom. Something we need to understand, something we should never forget. God always fulfills His purpose. The first parable we're going to look at this morning illustrates how sometimes we may not initially see how God is working out His purpose. Here's the parable. It's in Mark chapter 4. Again, we'll begin in verse 26. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. This parable, which interestingly only appears here in the Gospel of Mark, it continues to describe the the fertile soil. You'll remember from the parable of the sower that we looked at a couple of weeks ago in verses 3 through 8. In that parable, there there were some different kinds of soil. As the the farmer sowed out his seed, some of that seed fell on the the hard-packed pathway and the seed was unable to take any root there. Some of the seed fell in the rocky soil. It initially started to grow but was unable to gain any root structure and so it very quickly withered away. Some of the seed fell into the weeds and was quickly choked out and unable to bring 
any type of harvest. But some of the seed, you'll remember, fell in the good soil, the fertile soil. And that soil bore tremendous fruit, 30 times, 60 times, even 100 times harvest, which in the New Testament day we saw would have been a record harvest. Now Jesus takes that soil, the idea of the fertile soil, and he tells another parable, this second parable we've just read, about this miraculous nature of the kingdom of God. Two things are apparent in this parable. First of all, the man who scatters the seed, at least initially, doesn't see anything happen. All he sees is dirt. And he may not fully understand how it's happening or even why it's happening, but it is growing. The harvest is coming. Jesus says, so it is with the kingdom of God. As we share the gospel, sometimes we may not see much happening, at least initially. We may share with our friend, pour our heart out to them, share everything that we know about the Lord, and nothing seems to happen. We may work diligently in a ministry, pouring our life into it, and it seems to be moving only at an incremental pace. We may feel like we haven't accomplished anything. And we may be tempted not to try at all, but don't be misled. In this parable, Jesus teaches us that God's kingdom is growing. And sometimes it's like that seed sprouting under the soil where we can't see it. Above ground, there's really not any visible progress, but underneath in the soil, the roots are beginning to grow. The plant itself is shooting up toward the surface. From that smallest seed, something amazing is happening. Which leads to the second and really exciting thing that Jesus is telling us about the kingdom of God. From that very small seed comes a very tall stalk. And from that one stalk, there sprouts a head. And from that one head, there sprouts hundreds of kernels. But none of that would happen if the farmer just decided, well, it's just dirt. No reason to plant here. I'm just going to go home. We can't do that when it comes to the kingdom of God. Last week we had a wonderful celebration of missions. I hope you took time to walk around and look at some of the different tables. Missionaries tell stories about this very thing over and over and over again. They spend weeks, months, even years proclaiming the gospel in an area without seeing much happen. There's virtually no response, and yet they continue to share. And then finally, that one person comes to know Christ, and then a family comes to know the Lord. And then a group of families 
Suddenly a church is planted and the ministry starts to blossom, but it never would have happened had the missionary decided, well, it's just dirt. I'm just going to go home. Statistically, one in ten people respond to the gospel. I know we've talked about that before. But we need to understand if that statistic is true, that means nine people we share with aren't going to seem to respond. It's vital to note that just because you don't see the response, that doesn't mean that nothing is happening. I'm currently reading a book about C.S. Lewis, you know, the author that wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and lots of other wonderful Christian books. For years, he was an atheist. He proclaimed that he just could not believe in in a God's existence. But he writes later that what he really thought was that he just couldn't understand God. And in those years when he was proclaiming to be an atheist, he really wasn't. He just was struggling to understand who God was. He had some wonderful friends who came into his life that that helped him to, to think about who God was and specifically to think about who Jesus is. And he came to faith in Christ and through his work has has led countless thousands of people to the Lord. The thing to understand is when his friends were talking to him, he continued to proclaim to be an atheist. It didn't seem like anything was happening. But what they couldn't see was what God's kingdom was doing in his heart. We don't always see the way the Holy Spirit is working But we need to understand the Holy Spirit is always working. Even in that part that we can't see. The one in ten who comes to Christ. What would have happened if we had stopped at number eight and just said, you know, it's not working. I just don't have the gift. I just don't know how to do this. I'll let the folks who have been trained to tell people about Jesus, I'll let them do that, and I'll just go along with my own life. It's just dirt. Nothing seems to be happening. What would happen to that tenth person who's just waiting to blossom if somebody will just come and pour on some water? We must not lose sight of the potential of the kingdom of God. That God's working even when we don't see it. Because if we miss the potential, we miss something even more significant. We miss the power of God's purpose. Jesus follows this second parable with a third parable, parable about the mustard seed. Here it is in verse 30. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? 
It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. The mustard seed was often used in the New Testament day to illustrate something that was very, very small. The seed is is about the size and weight of a grain of pepper. It takes about 725 of these seeds just to make one gram. That's little. The mustard plant, on the other hand, was not small. It was very familiar in the New Testament world. It grew to be about eight or nine feet high. Wild mustard plants were everywhere. Once they took root, they began to spread those little seeds all around. They were almost impossible to get rid of. Must have been the ragweed of the New Testament world. Jesus uses the explosive and exponential growth of that very familiar plant in the New Testament world to illustrate the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God was something that was central to Jesus' teaching. You hear him talking about God's kingdom over and over and over again. He used the phrase to describe his present ministry, but even more so to describe the future growth of what he had come to do. And Jesus realized how hard it is for our human mind to conceive of the expanse and the majesty of God's kingdom. Even his disciples struggled with this. They were watching for this this cataclysmic event to occur with the coming of the Messiah. For them specifically, it was for the Romans to be kicked out of Israel. They they were looking for this grand military leader. And for them to think about the kingdom of God in terms of a mustard seed, that didn't make any sense. They would have never used that kind of an illustration to talk about God's kingdom. This little seed that just blew around in the wind, it seemed impossibly small. But Jesus did. He comes with what appears to be such an insignificant resume. I mean, think about Jesus' life. He was born into a family of poverty. He was delivered in a stable. He died what in the New Testament world was a Tremendously insignificant, wasteful death. Just another enemy of the Roman state executed on a cross. But Jesus' parable reveals what we now know. What seemed to be insignificant from a worldly perspective actually was the greatest sequence of events in all history. We may be tempted to think sometimes that our work in the church is really no big deal. 
We might be tempted to think that it doesn't really matter all that much if we're there or not. That our work in a children's Bible study class, eh, you know, it's not that big of a thing. Or singing in the choir, eh, you know, take it or leave it. Or being a security person walking around during the service times, well, you know, eh, what's the big deal? None of it really matters. Don't you believe it. Listen to the parable of the mustard seed. That little seed, seemingly insignificant in size, almost unnoticeable if you're not looking right at it. That little seed brings about explosive growth. Your service in God's kingdom does the same thing. You may not see it at the time, but it's happening. Our security folks walking around the property allow us to gather together to worship the God of all the universe. Our greeters make sure that everybody is welcome and and knows where they're supposed to be to receive the ministry they came to find today. Our ushers help us find a seat here in worship. They, They give us an order of service where we can not only know what's going on in the service, but also some other ministries that are going on throughout the week. Our choir members and instrumentalists help bless us and lift our hearts with beautiful music that points us toward Christ. Our Bible study leaders help us to dig into God's Word to find out how to actually apply what God has said in the Scripture to our life. That just scratches the surface of all the different ministries we have available to us. What we need to understand as to is that God is working, sometimes even when we can't see it, God is doing some amazing things. What you do in the kingdom of God matters. So the question becomes, what will you do in the kingdom of God? Like I mentioned earlier, I hope you took time to to look at all the display tables last week. Well, the display tables are gone this week, but the ministries aren't. And folks, those were just scratching the surface. We just had a sampling of all the different kinds of ministries that are available for us to be on mission for Christ. Whatever talent you have, whatever gift you have, whatever passion God has put in your life, there's a way to use that for the kingdom of God. There's a way to plant that and allow God to bring the harvest. What will you plant today? Heavenly Father, help us to realize the explosive nature of your kingdom. Sometimes we can't see it. In our human frailty, sometimes we don't see what you are doing. And God, that's okay. But forgive us when we think our inability to see it means that it's not happening. Just help us be faithful. To dedicate ourselves to serving you and allowing you to bring the harvest. Help us realize 
this extraordinary lesson of the mustard seed and what you can do if we will simply take our faith and live it out for you. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.